We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. As always, you can use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit on DraftKings. That'll get you a free contest entry today. It is April 12th, two days remaining in the NBA regular season. Only five games tonight, but we got a whole pile of games on Wednesday. I want to say 13 or 14 games. I haven't checked. Um, But most teams finishing out on Wednesday, a few teams playing back-to-backs. I know the Miami Heat are one of those teams. They're involved uh, in the Eastern Conference race that you know we've been talking about for these last couple of weeks, and it's literally not any clearer than it was two weeks ago even. Yeah, it, it certainly isn't. And my desired seeds in the East, if I was an Eastern Conference team, I don't care if I'm Charlotte, Miami, Atlanta, and Boston, it would be three, obviously. You want to be three, but then it would be the sixth seed, and then four or five. So in the 4-5 matchup, obviously want home court advantage for. Uh, but I want to avoid the Cavs as long as possible. So 
I don't think, you know, if I'm the Hornets, I'm not saying I would much rather play the Heat or the Hawks or the Celtics or something like that. I don't think that there's any two matchups here where any team is like, we got to play them instead of the other one. They're all pretty even. I think they're all dangerous in their own right. So being the sixth seed and giving up home court advantage in the first round to whichever one of those teams I think is far more desirable to stay away from the Cavs for as long as possible, potentially match up against a Raptors team in the second round. Do you agree with that logic? And do you think a team like Miami with two games, they kind of hold their own destiny if they would like to do that, essentially losing these two back-to-back games? Um, A veteran team who knows what it takes to get there um, might understand this and and pursue something like attacking the sixth seed instead of really beating themselves up to go for the three seed and then falling short and being in that four or five matchup. I think they just want to stay ahead of the fifth spot, right? I mean, I think you want home court regardless. So I think you want to be in the top four. Um, you know, if you're picking between right now, Boston being the five, and you know, in Charlotte, they're tied right now at, at 13 games over 500. Obviously, that'll that'll work itself out over the next couple of days. But I don't think if you're Miami, you play for the six. I don't think there's a matchup here that you really can say that you love. Like none of these teams are good enough or bad enough that you're trying to avoid or line yourself up with one or the other. You know, I think you just kind of, if you're Miami, you're in the driver's seat right now, you know, having two games left, um, whereas the Hawks only have one and, and, and the Celtics and the Hornets only have one. So I think you'll take that if you're Miami. I think almost always you want to control your own destiny, right? You know, whether you're going for a playoff berth or whether you're going to try to tank your way out of the lottery, I mean, it kind of works both ways. I don't think you ever want to be at the mercy of other franchises, but I think I think home court is the number one priority, especially for a veteran team. Okay, fair enough. Obvi- yeah, obviously they could go for the three and then be in the best spot possible, but um, if you had to pick one out of these four teams, who do you think is the best out of the four? Without Chris Bosh, I don't, I don't think Miami is Miami. Um, I still don't know. Like, they're not ruling him out for like more than like kind of week to week, are they? Like, there's still this... You know, there was all this talk, it seemed like probably close to a month ago now, that he's, he's going to try to come back at the end of the regular season, and like no one's even talking about it anymore. Well, he didn't actually ever suffer a blood clot right. this time around, and so the, the issue is the blood thinners. Can he play on these blood thinners? Can he just go off them cold turkey and come back right away? Um, so he's not actually dealing with – I mean, this is all basically preventative. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think there's always going to be lingering hope that he could return at any point in the playoffs depending on how far their run is. Um, I would say I think I like the Hawks the most because they actually do have some playoff experience with this group of guys too. And so while the Heat are a veteran-savvy team, their savviness and their and their experience came when it was mostly LeBron James on that team reaching the playoffs, whereas the Hawks – um, do have a history over the last couple of years of playing together in the playoffs. And let's be honest, their starting five is is very solid. I mean, last year we were ready to crown, I know, much to your chagrin, we wanted all five starters in the All-Star game. Or, you know, at one point they won, all, was it Players of the Month or mm-hmm. something like that? And so uh, let's not sleep on them. And unless I'm completely having a mental lapse, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, right? They did, and they got swept. Right. But still getting there in terms of, I mean, Celtics got swept in the first round to the Cavs. Hornets, obviously, not a lot of veteran savviness coming from that team whatsoever. So I like the Hawks out of these four teams. So however it shapes up, um, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Obviously, you know, Hawks-Raptors in the second round, I think, is a toss-up. I've said multiple times over the last month or two that I think two through eight is a toss-up. And so I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors lost to the Pacers in the first round. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But let's not forget that that team is 
consistent of just two above average players. It's not like top to bottom, they're stacked by any means. I think Pistons, who are hitting their strides, Pacers, who Paul George really hasn't shown us much, but they have a solid core too. So, uh, you know, two through eight, I wouldn't be surprised if any one of these teams faces the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. No, I mean, the thing about Toronto, and you know, like you said, they're a little bit shallower, and getting Damari Carroll back should help, but I, I do wonder if they've had enough of Damari Carroll back with this team, you know, basically a week. You know, is that going to be enough for him to kind of reacclimate himself? I don't know. Um, I would still be pretty surprised, though, if, if Toronto gets knocked off. I mean, this they've had their failures in the first round before. They're rather untested. They are shallow. I mean, there, there are knocks against them, um, but... Yeah, I still think there's there's such a clear gap. I mean, there's seven seven game gap between them and, and Atlanta and Miami right now. And at the same time, I mean, I, I think they don't lose in the first round. That would be a big shock. I will say that if they if they lose to Detroit or Indiana, you know, having home court and you know it would be the third year in a row that that would happen. I don't. That would be a major surprise. Um, I would still be a little bit surprised if they fell to maybe a Miami or a Boston in the second round, but. I, I think on the whole, most people wouldn't be shocked if that happened. I don't know what what do they have to do to kind of gain the respect of, you know, of basketball fans. I guess for a lack of a better term, is it winning the playoffs? Do they have to do more in the regular season? Like, what is it going to take for people to believe that they're a legitimate two seed and not just a little bit, you know, ahead of these other teams? I think I think your belief that they're not that great. I think that's probably the prevailing belief. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm in the mainstream thought here in saying that. Well honestly it's make it to the championship because the Hawks made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year they have the same core they're the third seed in the East and are we talking about them like being savvy I mean have and we're not nobody's talking about the Hawks we're just lumping them in with these four teams who have the same record um so even if the Raptors do make it and lose to the Cavs even in six games let's say um they come back with a similar core or something like that we're not going to give them credit because we didn't do that with this Hawks team and if I'm going to be honest with you from starting five top to bottom and even your six men off the bench the Hawks have a more solid starting five than the Raptors do and we gave them no credit so I think in the NBA it comes down to did you make the championships or not carrying over into next year in terms of you know how much credit we're going to give them I, I, Raptors don't deserve any respect I mean and the Hawks you know not really living up to expectations or getting swept at rather I should say in the Eastern Conference Finals last season really kind of put the mark on the Raptors this year if that makes sense in terms mm -hmm. of the question you just asked me no no I, I think I think that does make sense and I mean if you're Toronto you 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 basically can't afford to have what happened last year happen again you know and no, obviously they were they were in a not. slightly different situation you know they, they didn't have the regular season last year that they've had this year and you know that was a, a pretty solid Wizards team at least I thought but you know I, I think the the pieces are in place for them to finally take that next step even if the east as a whole is a little bit better um you know we talked about miami being a team that can control its own destiny and houston now has that ability after utah lost uh to dallas last night I, how can you lose that game if you're utah you can't let that happen i i don't know i think you've been touting utah as the team that was going to fall out all along haven't you or am i wrong uh, I, thought, well, I, I said you were. back in the day. If I, I said, were you, I would take credit for this. Yes, uh, yes, I would. Thank you for giving me credit here. Uh, I, I said Memphis would would fall. Okay, right. Along, which I mean, you gave me a lot of slack for that, but I mean, give it the the season two more weeks, and that would have happened. Obviously, you can't. But yeah, um, I tell you what, if I watched the game last night, and 
Derek Favors like could barely walk at the end of that game. Yeah, I mean Rudy he probably should, he probably shouldn't have been playing. Yeah, he shouldn't have been playing. Rudy Gobert sprayed his ankle, had to leave. Alec Burks is coming back after being gone essentially the whole entire <laughs> just season. Throwing the whole mash yeah. unit out there. Yeah, un- unfortunately, yeah, I love how just like how big of a slap is in the face is it that <laughs> the next guy off the bench is essentially we don't trust you enough. Yeah, uh, to even be better than a Derek Favors who can barely walk at this. Like point. we're gonna risk Derek Favors' health too. I mean, Favors didn't play the game before that. This wasn't. I, I think this was like a, a legitimate, you know, painful injury that he was playing through. I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, th- at this point in the season, these guys are competitors. They're not gonna rest unless they absolutely have to. I would. I would imagine it killed him to miss the last game. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, this is when. This is when you know injuries are serious, or you know mm-hmm. if they're if they're not fa- sucking it up and playing in this game. And it, Derek Favors, by all means, sucked it up and played through whatever he was, whatever pain tolerance he had to mm-hmm. last night. Um, I'll I'll say this: I wish the Jazz would make it. They just weren't quite healthy enough this season. Um, we've talked about it before. I think Charles Barkley has said multiple times he thinks the Jazz have one of the best young cores, and unfortunately, they just couldn't stay healthy altogether. And so while they kind of hit their stride at the end of the season, it's just physical out to the point where they're just I mean they could make it obviously they could but we're all at a point of exhaustion with the Rockets I would say in terms of lack of day-to-day effort or lack of motivation whatever you want to say it it can stem from a lot of players obviously the Ke- the, the firing of Kevin McHale um, really says it all to begin with and so while a lot of us probably don't believe the Rockets deserve to make the playoffs uh, I'll keep saying it they still have the same pieces they had last year that took them to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, it looks like they're going to be locked in to a matchup with the Warriors if they do ultimately make the playoffs, and that's as, as tough as a matchup as it gets. But, you know, they're still dangerous, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they stole a game or two from the Warriors. Let's not forget the Warriors have really, I mean, basically started the playoffs over the last two weeks trying to get this regular season NBA record. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, if you're looking at it as you're the Warriors and and right now you're either going to be playing Houston or Utah in round 1 and like it's they're such contrasting teams, you know. It's yeah. a Houston team that's kind of a one-man show but has a center who can, you know, give you trouble and in a way that really Gobert even can't. I think when Howard's on, he's he's kind of a different player and obviously he hasn't been on very much lately, but you get Utah, you know, one of the better defensive teams in the league and to try to slow things down like I think if you're Golden State, you'd rather play Houston just because it allows you to play your own game a little bit more and the whole the concept of stopping one guy to me and to a team especially like Golden State that plays such good team defense like to me that just seems like the easier task. Maybe Utah has a lower ceiling. You know, you could just say like if Harden goes off for 5 games, you know, maybe this is a series and they and they take one from Golden State. But with Utah, it's going to be a little bit more of a game-to-game grind. You know, it's like I think you probably get the sweep, but you're going to have to work maybe a little bit harder game-to-game for it. They're they're a tougher team to just get up on early and kind of coast. Yeah, the only caveat I would add to that is that they're so bruised and battered. I don't think these injuries they have right now are going to go away this weekend when the playoffs start. And so, true. I, I think when they're at full strength, Utah is a much more dangerous team and somebody that the Warriors really wouldn't want to start the playoffs off against. They want to start off just kind of running and gunning. I would say and wait until those like true defensive battles come on later on mm-hmm. in the playoffs and they would avoid that by avoiding a matchup with Utah but exactly again, you know who knows with with injuries can be a rollover um with any team we're kind of talking like it's going to be Houston but I mean is this a is this a given all they have to do is beat Sacramento well it's um, a given because Sacramento is resting five of their mainstay players it's essentially yeah. Rudy Gay will put the team on his back if it happens Seth Curry has been playing decent I mean well, I don't know but, I mean what percentage chance that Houston wins this game 
I think you got to put it at at it's least at 80%. This team, they did just lose at home to Phoenix in what was a must win at the time, you know, two games ago. That's what concerns me. How fitting would it be for Houston to lose that game and then we would just reach peak frustration with them in terms of their own that would personal be, motivation to be a good That, that would team. honestly maybe be like a team reassessment type of moment, you know, where it goes, where things go from... It was like in the way that the Blake Griffin punching the elect, you know, the athletic trainer, like nobody was really questioning the Clippers core all that much before that, were they? And all of a sudden like that happened and it, and Blake trade rumors are going crazy. Well, well, it wasn't, it was because they played so well with Blake off the court. It wasn't necessarily that that initially no, But happened. like no one was making the argument that they were actually a better team without Blake. It's like, yeah, the well, numbers look okay, but if you're going into a playoff series and you can say, we'll either have Blake or not have Blake, like you would never not have Blake. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I understand the point you're trying to make here, but- Doc did say at the beginning of the year, if they don't win the championship or make it to the championship, he has to seriously consider breaking the big three up. Yeah. And so, and big four, if you want to call it big four and, and add a couple more players, whatever Cole you want Aldridge. to do. Cole Aldridge, exactly. That dude is coming on to end the season. Um, I understand the point you're trying to make that maybe, you know, you just need to sweep house with all players. But, I mean, James Harden attitude is so laissez-faire that uh, you'd have to get rid of him and Howard if you really did just want a full sweep and just bring in a whole new persona, JB Bickerstaff, bless his heart, isn't going to be there next year. Um, you you would think that you know a different coach would come in. So I I don't know. Are you saying if they lose this game that Daryl Morey will get so frustrated he will just wipe clean of everything? Is that no, what you're no, 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 at, no, 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 not at all. I, I'm not, not definitely not a wipe clean, but I think it's a. You know, they they had this core in place going to the Western Conference Finals last year and, you know, a team that was picked by some high-level yeah. experts and, and low-level experts like ourselves to, you know, to, to get to the finals to at least repeat maybe what they did last year. And it has already been a disappointment. It's not like... You know, I think maybe a collapse like the Clippers had in the in the playoffs last year, like that's kind of another one of these type of moments. And, and you know, it's hard to say game eighty two is when you want to make a rash judgment. But I mean, if if you have an opportunity to get yourself into the playoffs by beating like a ten man Kings team and you lose at home, let's say by like ten, I mean that's at least an evalu a reevaluation. Like take a step back. Like if we can't win this game, you know, is this a legitimate core to go forth with? Three hundred and sixty five days from you know, Western Conference Finals to today. I don't know if it's it's. I mean, you got to think Howard. Howard is gone no matter what. I I don't know, man. I I just don't like the Rockets. Just period. <laughs> I I just don't like them really whatsoever. And I I hope Jazz. I hope the Utah Jazz get in over the Rockets. But I just I'm I'm just so frustrated at the point of bo- boiling over with the Rockets that I just don't understand it. I suppose. Yeah, I mean it. It's been very disappointing. I I think. Even even like the numbers for Harden are so good that like oh, that almost makes it more disappointing that like he's playing on paper at least you know there's been certainly turnover issues high usage issues all that defense issues but it's yeah it's been an odd season for Houston because you can't look at it and say like oh James Harden got hurt that's why we're where we are you know it's like he's, he's going to play eighty full yeah, eighty two games yeah exactly and like Dwight's been healthier than probably ever <laughs> for most of this season and. Yeah, it's it's been odd, and they they haven't had any like major major personnel, you know, departures after last year. You know, role players coming in and out. But yeah, I, I mean, the the nice thing is they're gonna have room if they want it, you know, to add guys around. And 
they've proven, I guess, maybe more so than any team to kind of be a player for just about every free agent. You know, they're always, whether they're getting them or not, they're always one of those teams that seems to get a visit. And you think, you know, maybe eventually they emerge as a dark horse for a couple of the guys that'll be up this summer. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, do you think they steal a game off the Warriors? All this said, if they do end up playing them. Well, they got to steal a game off the Kings first, but I, I think, uh, I don't think they do, no. I, I think like their confidence level can't be all that high, right? I mean, you're going to go into the playoffs at like 41 wins. Um, you know, it'd be one thing, kind of, I think they kind of, they didn't play all that well against Golden State last season, but, you know, they were able to take a game from them, and they came into that series off of, you know, as much momentum as possible, basically, that, that comeback against the Clippers. I think they're coming in, the, like, they just don't have, you know, they're not riding that wave of momentum, I guess, coming into this game after presumably beating the, the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, well, they they got one game out of them last year in the Western Conference. Is there a better chance that the Kings beat the Rockets or is it tomorrow again or that the Lakers lose in Kobe's last game in LA on Wednesday or the the Jazz lose? So, cuz if the Jazz we, lose it doesn't matter. Right, the Jazz lose it doesn't matter. Um I think the Jazz beat the Lakers. I I have legitimate concern that the Kings could could topple the Rockets for all the reasons we just mentioned over the last five minutes. So uh, I would put more faith because Byron Scott came out, came out yesterday and said that Kobe's going to play a season high in minutes and that, that this game would that be, good or quote, bad? quote, bananas, which makes me think that Kobe is going to take every single shot that which could, doesn't bode well to win games. I agree, but what if he what if he has one of those like one in 20 game nights that he's had this year where, he, I mean, what did he have, just 35 the other night? I mean... It, if he if there's one guy in like the history of basketball that you would say would go would have a terrible season but then totally redeem himself with like a 55 point game in his last meaningless game like wouldn't it be Kobe? I think he will have 55 points. Like 55 on like 55 shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be I'm fine not, with that. Like why not? This whole season has been just garbage. Who's I mean, he going to answer to at this point? Yeah, exactly. A, Half the team won't even be there next year. The coach probably won't be there next year. Yeah. No, it's it's That would be the coolest way to go out. I th- dude, that's what's gonna happen. No, what do you mean? I don't you're, know. I'm talking about it, but I could kind of see it be like the All Star Game where he, you know, he has his fanfare, has some fun in the first half, and then is like totally cool, just kind of chilling out. I think at that point, though, in the All Star Game, he really wanted to finish out the season, you know, or be able to finish out the season, not stress himself. Sure. Um, so I, I, knowing that this is his very last game, I think he's gonna go so. Hit. I hope he does. I really hope because like this hasn't been. Kobe was like vintage Kobe for the first 12 games of the year not not production wise but like attitude wise you know mm-hmm. and, and like basically as soon as he announced that the retirement tour was going to start like he started lightening up doing these fun press conferences joking around like that's Kobe never did that stuff like I kind of hope we, he reverts back to killer Kobe just just for one more time watch out Rodney Hood yeah <laughs> God. yeah really you don't want to be the guy who's guarding Kobe on Wednesday. Well, remember the last matchup Utah had with the Lakers? Rodney Hood went off mm-hmm. again against them. I think he outscored them in the first half, and then Kobe said, I- "I'm shutting this guy down." And I, Kobe was out there to play the last time they played. No, yeah, he was. He demanded to switch on to Hood, didn't he? Yeah, and he shut him down for the last play of the second half in, during that particular game. I don't know. It should be interesting. And let me just say this. It, I think it's a slightly refreshing that Utah actually has something to play for. If this game was coming against the Pelicans or something like that, it would just be the ultimate just like yeah, just like slime fest of just kind of like grossness of 
like turning into an exhibition game. This will actually be an NBA game that matters for an entire organization. Um, and ever, lots of people will be watching too. And so what I mean matters, I'm, I mean Utah obviously trying to make the playoffs. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be fun to see him go out in a competitive context. I'll say that much. All right, so that game starts at, it's a late start, you know, being out in L.A. Let me see, that's a 9.30 Eastern start. And the Houston game, let's see, they are at home. That's that's a major benefit. Sure. I mean, well, mostly for the rest reasons, right? I mean, the Kings have already ruled those guys out of road games. So that's that's a 7 Eastern start. So Utah will basically know right about the time that that game starts what happened in the Houston game. Do you think that they even uh, remember? They'll be, they'll be watching. You think so? Oh, yeah. I think so. Well, we've we've seen cases where coaches tell the like clock not clock operators but like the stadium managers don't display the score of the game. When? Well, I don't uh, think I don't think I, I feel like they always display it. Uh, I think the Packers back when they needed like the Cardinals to lose back in the day. Uh, was it, oh yeah, when the like, didn't McCarthy, the Cardinals. Oh, I forget what it was. But something McCarthy happened. told them not to show the score of the game. It was happening simultaneously. That's the difference here. And they said, "Don't don't score, show the score of the game." Packers end up winning. They made the playoffs where the Cardinals didn't, or something. I thought something I thought the Cardinals lines. needed to beat the Vikings, and then they did on like that crazy back corner of the end oh, zone. Yes. Was that what it was? And then that gave the Packers the division. I could be wrong on that. Something but along those lines. But this is not unprecedented for for the score to not appear yeah. anywhere in the arena, and for the players not to know the score. Of the I think game. they'll just. I, I mean, you, I don't even think it's possible at this point. You know, what are you going to tell fans to like turn in your smartphones when you walk into the arena? Like, they're going to know. They're going to tell. If you're sitting behind the bench, there's going to be somebody yelling. You know, yeah. like it, it would be. You'd have to go to extreme lengths to not find out. And at that point, I feel like it, it would just kind of be a mental issue. The first game ever where all 15 players have yeah just playing with like. Are you allowed to play with? I guess they will. What what uh, headphone company sponsors the NBA? Is it Beats? You would think so. It might be both. I have seen people at the at the UW Rec Center play with earbuds in, like play like five on five. Not not ever like the full over the ear beats, but like iPhone earbuds. Huh. Bizarre, right? Like how do you need to be pumped up? Like just like can't, a, can't play without music. Like a constant replaying of keep your hands up on defense. Keep your hands it's up like, on it's defense. It's like a coaching tape. Yeah. <laughs> shoot it, shoot it. <laughs> um Okay, so you, you wanted to ask still Golden State, um, are they still the overwhelming favorite? To me, yes. To you. Mm-hmm. No. Well, when I say overwhelming, I, I mean, there's certain like benchmarks within overwhelming. And I think that they were untouchable for a lot of people at this season in terms of winning the championship. Now, I think we've knocked them down a couple of pegs. Are they still the overwhelming favorites? Yes. But that isn't like this, like abundant feeling by everyone that was kind of felt a month ago, two I months th- ago. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I uh, you should just give it a shot. Yeah. I'll speak for everyone here. No, I mean, I don't. What's changed? I don't know. I, I somebody on the radio last night. I, I forget who it was on ESPN Radio made an interesting point that you know the Warriors started this season twenty four and zero before losing to said oh the Milwaukee Bucks um, in game twenty five. Like, what if it was reversed? What if they started the season? Whatever they have been since then, you know, nine losses, um, and then they're, they're like. You know, this game was to win 24 in a row to close the season. You know, I think we forget how dominant this team was and can be when they're clicking. You know, because they've had a few 
kind of like yeah losses you know like, that milwaukee loss being one but to me that was just like all right you know law of averages says you got to lose eventually it just happens to be the bucks but you know they lose they lose to denver they lose to dallas they lose to detroit and then i think the minnesota game was the real like question mark game if that game if they fall to minnesota back in november we don't think anything of it you know and there is something to be said about peaking at the right time but i also think it's hard to look at this team that just beat san antonio twice in a week and say that they peaked too early yeah, fair enough. The only problem is that they have to face Clippers, who are nine and nine and one over the last ten. Thunder, Spurs. I mean, look at those three teams, and you. It's tough, man. I, it's I, going to be tough. I, I think just, it's just it's just very very tough for them to even make it out of the West. I think it's a you know it's it's championship or bust. But even if they make it out of the West. I think it's a great accomplishment, um, even though they are gunning for the best regular season record of all time. Mm-hmm. I think the Cavs are just going to kind of swoop in on this situation and just be – I've said it all season long, and I, I have a $50 bet out there. I, I think that the Cavs okay, have Mr. Be- Moneybags better <laughs> ads with James Anderson. Uh, I think we said – we've talked about <laughs> oh, this yeah. before. Oh, yeah. But I think that the Cavs have better odds of winning it overall than the Warriors do or any one team in the West just because – when you're placing, I mean, when you look at odds, it's for to win the championship. Is who has the best odds to make the championship? Therefore, they have the best odds to win the championship. So you got to get there before you can even win it. Cavs have the easiest route to the finals. Therefore, my money is going on the Cavs. Not that I don't I, discount the Warriors, but they have the the. I mean, even if they get there know. though, but like it's going to be at like at best they get the Clippers, and like even that to me is almost a toss up series, right? No. No. Why? So one argument the, war- the Clippers would presumably be coming in having beaten the Warriors and or Spurs. I bet that would have been pretty tough road to get there, don't you think? Yeah. So that's what we, I'm saying. Confidence sky high. We've yeah, confidence I suppose is one thing, but we've been saying all along that when this Cavs team has gone through ebbs and flows and all their media stuff and whatnot that we're bagging on the Cavs and the Cavs are kind of ragging on themselves because they can't hold up to the Warriors. You can't, they're not living up to Warriors. However, eight or nine out of the last 10 years, except last year, they would have won the championship or would have been like the major favorite, right? Or could have won. And so I don't think we're giving them enough credit in terms of how good they actually are. Yeah, I think they it's somewhat unlucky and I don't like to use that word, you know, in talking about sports, but for LeBron to assemble this team because for as much criticism as the Cavs have received and that's basically what you just alluded to, like most years you finish the year with 57 or 58 wins, like you're you're searching for criticism, you know, and they just happened to put this team together in an era when the Warriors are a team and the Spurs have their best team ever and Oklahoma City's team is as good as ever and as healthy as they've ever been at this point in the year and even the Clippers like the Clippers of all teams like five years ago if somebody would have told you the Clippers are are where they are right now it would still would have been laughable so you know it's it's interesting you know the way that the game is pretty drastically changed I guess you know if even I mean I was looking back yesterday just out of curiosity at the Celtics big three when that was put together and like how big of a deal that was at the time Paul Pierce wasn't even an all-star the year before that team came together at age 20 29 or 30 and you know Ray Allen was an all-star Kevin Garnett was an all-star but Allen was like 32 33 when that team was put together KG was you know slightly past his peak um at that point so I I just think like we don't realize how good most years this Kyrie love LeBron trio you know would have been yeah I, I think they're 
all three of those guys are probably bigger profile players or as big as the Celtics big three when they came together you know the Miami big three that's a whole nother story you know I just think you you rewind and put this Cavs team in like 2008 you know they cruise to a title yeah that's what I'm saying is and Laker fans and Celtics fans would probably debate that and rightfully so but you know I, I just think I think the era right now does not help them yeah, fair enough. But I think they still have a legitimate shot. I'm looking for them to just, I mean, I'm looking for them to have it just as good a shot as the Warriors, Spurs, Thunder, Clippers. And obviously, if you look at where my money situation lies, I think that they have the best shot to win it all. So I'm going to stand by that. And um, and we'll see what happens. I'm excited to watch it all. That's for damn sure. I know. This, this is maybe the underrated best weekend in sports for me and for NBA fans when you go eight NBA games all televised over a two-day span. And although, I mean, it is the first round. That's the thing. It's like five out of those eight are probably like clunker games. I but love how you say televised like we don't have a league pass and can watch it. Well, right. But we I mean, want, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, like four back. It's like Christmas Day, like two days in a row. I mean, yeah, you know, sure, sure. you know, you get the you get the primetime announcers. You get all that coverage. And I don't know. It's, it's a little more. It's more fan. sports fair. fan chir- you don't have chirping to, away. Right. You don't have yeah. to, you know, use the HDMI to plug in your laptop and kind of jiggle the cord around to make sure. You yeah. know, that might not be a problem for everybody. Um, but it's, it's a major issue at the Whalen household right now. I think my HDMI adapter is, is on the fritz. Got to download the app, man. I'll talk to you later about that. I I don't want to put it on my phone. Yeah, dude, Google Chromecast. I'm watching AD HD all day long, sitting on my bed, (laughs) no wires involved. No clothes This on. podcast <laughs> brought to you for the first time this just, season by Google Chromecast. Just laying on my stomach. No. Um, <laughs> well, the nice thing is in Wisconsin here, it's supposed to be like 72 on Saturday and like 74 Sunday, which is breaking us out of a spell of what now? Probably like 25 consecutive weekends where it's been 45 or below. Yeah, it's, um, it's no this So, I mean, finally, like, get, the, get the TV moved out on the balcony. You know, Whoa, an, is that an a annual thing? Tradi- you, oh, yeah. Have you done that? Oh yeah, I did it during you know at the end of last summer. My current place that I moved into um, for like NFL Thursdays, those first few when it was still warm enough. Whoa, looks like I'll be spending yeah, the summer. It, I was gonna say, yeah, to, wow, to send out a little a little invite on the Roto email list. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so speaking of RotoWire emails, this off season <laughs> after the playoffs. <laughs> hey, hey, don't question it. That was a good transition. Okay. Um, you know, if you I've, just go with it. Looking ahead, past the playoffs, we're going to skip two and a half months, basically, in advance. What are you most interested in finding out this offseason? These can be specific things, player-related, coach-related, franchise-related. What are are just storylines that, if we're going to jump past the postseason, what are you interested in finding out? All right, Kevin Durant, I think, is the obvious one, right? Right, that's the obvious one. We want to know what's going on. He addressed the home crowd last night, as did Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook started out by saying, y'all, you guys are the best fans. Makes sense, because he still has one year left on his contract. Kevin Durant didn't go as far to say you have the best fans, but he still was very gracious. I mean, that that stuff is... I was reading so much into that. What was he going to say? Like, this, you know, I just want to announce this, this might be my, my last game. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. No, of course he's going to say that. Um, so that's obviously where, you know, he's playing it close to the vest now because there's a lot of money to be had. Even if he's known all along he wants to come back to Oklahoma City or if he's known all along he wants to return home to Washington. Um, oh, by the way, do you believe that Perkins stuff? I don't know if I've asked you about this. Yeah, set the table real quick. I, I don't know what to think about it, but. The, the confidentiality agreement uh, what, yeah. that may or may not have actually been real. But either way, Perkins claiming that Durant has uh, – basically he's saying 
you know, he's told me that it's not a lock that it's going to be OKC, and it certainly doesn't mean it won't be OKC, but I think there's there's at least this somewhat confirmation from a friend of Durant's and another player that he's going to be exploring his options, and OKC is not a done deal. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit the other night, I believe, um, and I don't this whole thing is so funny because Kendrick Perkins is where you go to to right, blab yeah. your, your deepest, darkest secrets. Right. Um, it doesn't matter. I mean. Well, it doesn't matter until after the playoffs, right? Everything can right. change drastically context-wise yeah. based on what happens. Mm-hmm. If they, What if they lose in the first round? Like Then then things heat up. Yikes. They win the title. Yikes. Then yikes. things. I mean, the, the storylines for everybody. Like you, know, you can throw LeBron in this, too. He's kind of in the same position as Durant where – you know, he is a player option next right, year in exactly. Cleveland. Right, exactly. So he's essentially in the same op- or same exact situation, really, as Durant. And you know, if the, if something happens and Kyrie, you know, has three straight games where he goes five for twenty from the field and they bow out in round two, you know, the situation is a lot different than if they, you know, something happens and they're able to beat Golden State in the final. Yeah. So I mean, that's well documented. We'll see how that plays out in terms of other offseason stories that I'm looking forward to. Um, I want to know if these young cores are going to try to bring in a bigger talent. So we've got Andre Drummond, restricted free agent, player option, DeRozan, Gasol, uh, restricted Bradley Beal, unrestricted Al Horford, player option, Howard, um, Mike Conley's unrestricted, Hassan Whiteside. So I want to know if teams like uh, Utah, like Orlando, uh, Portland has a ton of money. So those three teams I just mentioned, great young course. They also have the 30th, 29th, and 28th ranked payroll. And so we're going to see even more of that drop from teams like Orlando. Next year, they only have $35 million in the books. Are they going to go out and say, you know what? We have enough young guys. Let's surround them with proven talent. Let's, I mean, let's, let's really get into this thing. So Orlando, Utah, Portland, I'm excited to see which, if any of them, bring on a, a proven talent that to surround, be surrounded by the young core they've already established. Yeah, I think Orlando's that team that starts shopping rather than just accumulating picks. Me too. You know, and yeah. whether that means you have to package a guy or two to maybe get another pick or just kind of clear salary. And um, nothing is hinted at that more than them taking on Ilyasova, getting rid of Tobias Harris, right. and taking on Brandon Jennings because those contracts are done at the end of this year. Right. Ilyasova has a non-guaranteed for next year. So, it's, I mean, basically all they have to do is renounce that by, like, July 1st, I think it is, and then he's gone, which though. You can't imagine them picking up a, like I think it's like a seven point seven million dollar option. Yeah, on Ursan, like no. Denver, but, yeah, Denver is another one we should probably throw in there. Yeah, considering on the books right now only forty three million dollars. Milwaukee too. I mean, you have yeah, a little I mean, more, a yeah, yeah. little more on the books for Milwaukee with Monroe, but you know that's such a unique situation with with him being some you know somewhat tradable mm-hmm. it would seem at this point, and so many free agents in that backcourt: Mayo, Bayless. Steve Novak, I mean, he's technically on the books. He was playing minutes before he got hurt. So that's one team. I mean, and obviously I have a little more of an interest in, in the Bucks than probably most, but there are a ton of questions to be answered. And like this team right now with one game remaining has the exact same winning percentage after the break as it did before the break. There's all there's this hype that, you know, Point Giannis has switched things around. It's like, no, they're just as bad as they've always been. They they lose to terrible teams routinely, just like they did last night. Um, but they they at least have a foundation now. Like, they... It took an entire really frustrating season, but they know Michael Carter-Williams is no longer a starting caliber point guard. 
I think it's pretty clear that Greg Monroe is not the future like number two option for this team. Like they found out that Giannis is the point guard. They found out that Middleton is actually really good and was worth that contract. So like even if it didn't produce good on court results, they at least answered some very important questions and I think they could actually have some guidance as they go into the as they go into free agency. Like in the past, I think and being a small market team you kinda of have to do this. It was just kinda of like if we can get this guy, let's go for it. You know, with Monroe, it's, uh, did they really consider the fit all that much? You know, I'm sure. I'm not saying they did. They just signed him all willy nilly. But you know, in retrospect, it wasn't a great move. So, you know, I think they're maybe they can at least say, all right, we have a point guard in place. We have a shooting guard slash small forward in place. We have a power forward in place. You know, now we know what we need to go fill instead of just trying to grab the best talent available who will give us a meeting. Yeah, no, that that's fair. I still think overall it's a disappointing season. Oh, of in, course. In, in your city, I mean, you're pointing out some nice things. No, it's been Bucks very disappointing. Would, would I love to hear, and I think you're right. I mean, give them give them credit for trying. Although I would say <laughs> <laughs> they're an organization wow. that has gone out on the trade market and tried stuff out before, but they're just not good at it. I mean, plain and simple, um, they've they've acquired pieces pieces mid season. In you know, we're we're talking over the last ten years or so. Um, ever since Ray Allen has left. So, well, Ray Allen was probably the impetus of them trying new stuff and it not working out. Uh, I, yeah, so I'll be really interested. That's I think, of course, the KD thing goes without saying, but I'm just very interested to see what organization has the frame of mind and the thinking that they've done a nice job with the pieces they have and they're ready to really pursue a playoff spot. And so, again, Portland... I mean, Portland is kind of the sexiest option out of all these teams, considering Lillard and McCollum have done just fine yeah. and end up as the fifth seed, you would think, in the West. Well, James was saying on our podcast last week that he think, he thinks Portland and Utah, and I disagree on both of these, especially Utah, are are kind of dark horse spots for KD. And, you know, I, I balked at that, and most people probably would. I mean, it's, it would be unfathomable, really, for that to happen. But he said, you know, he's like, look, like, New York, LA, like they're not landing these big time free agents like they used to. And even New York, like when did they land big time free agents? Like who's the last guy that they've actually landed? And I'm sure that debate has been waged all over the place. But he said, like, if Durant's smart and talks to the right people and they say, all right, from a wins losses perspective, from a basketball perspective, those two are pretty good fits, right? Yeah, no, I completely agree. Because you have to you have to assume you look at them and say like, okay, well, Portland's going to bow out in round 1 probably and Utah isn't even going to make the playoffs, but look at where Cleveland was before LeBron came. Like Durant is one of those guys that automatically gives you like at least plus 15 wins single-handedly if not more. Yeah, I agree, but why why wouldn't you throw Boston into the same mix? No, I agree. That's that's true. I, he was that was on the list for sure. Because next year they have 27 million dollars. They can afford him. And not only that, but I mean, they could surround him with more talent by trading off their picks. Mm-hmm. If they want to put all their cards in the table, I mean, Brad Stevens is a great coach. I think everybody in the entire league, and I'm talking about players, not even just coaches and organizations, respect him quite a bit. Right. And Durant's point. never played for a coach that I wouldn't say, he, I would say he's always respected his coaches. There's never, I don't know, yeah. I've never heard otherwise, but you know, like he's never played for a coach that it, that it seems like can kind of match him as like an intellectual and as a basketball player, you know? It's yeah, always, so it's always like, Donovan, it's always like Brooks, the coach is getting then, in the way of Durant. And, and, and to Durant's credit, he's never, you know, ousted a coach or really said right. any bad things about coaches. But I think, I think, like you said, players are kind of respecting what Brad Stevens is building. And I think there'd be a give and take there that there maybe hasn't been in OKC. If you're Kevin Durant, 
all you care about is winning championships because he knows he can get stats anywhere he goes. He's, already, yeah, he's got the stats, right? I Marking, mean, so to the argument you already brought up, the reason why people aren't going to, or players aren't going to big markets anymore is because you can be incredibly, incredibly marketable in today's society anywhere in the world. Right. And so we've seen that in Oklahoma City well, where they're housing two of the most marketable NBA players in a very, very small market. Exactly, exactly. Especially if you're Durant. Like It's one thing if you're... Christos Porzingis like you're an unknown guy you have no endorsements coming over like that I think him playing in New York has been huge right yes. I mean for your international presence but when you're when you're Kevin Durant you're already Kevin Durant you're not going to lose that no matter where you go you don't just stop being Kevin Durant like you know Nike's not going to drop him if he signs with Utah you know, right. I, I think I think he's established enough to the point where it wouldn't really matter where, where he goes becomes a market so if I'm Kevin Durant, all I care about now that we've established all he cares, you know, all he should care about is winning a championship, being on a contender. I kind of think, and he's got lots of years left, right? So I kind of sure. think Boston makes the most sense for that. And is that a get me out of the West move? I would say no. See, that's not a real thing. I don't know. I mean, it, it wasn't a real thing until Golden State built this team. It's. We are so because LeBron's, like, LeBron's probably s- still in the East too. No, I'm. I totally agree with you here. Is, is that, like, you're saying it's going to like eventually it's even cyclical. out, right? Like yeah. the the whole like abolishing the conferences thing is so reactionary. Like in three years, it could be totally different. Like look at how these teams are built. The Spurs have to fall off eventually. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's. I thought I've always thought that's really dumb. Yeah, it is dumb. So I I think Utah and Boston would be my two primary targets if I'm Kevin Durant. Very good defenses on each of those teams. Uh, great young coaches um, who have already kind of proven themselves to be pretty good. Quinn Snyder in Utah, of course, surrounded by a nice young core. And I'm going to give, you know, I, th- I think Utah's core is, is far better than Boston's. But Boston have those picks that they can pretty much do whatever they want for Durant if he decides to go there. I think I think Boston's core is as good. I mean, it's, they're They've been better this year, and obviously Utah's had some injuries and played the West think, and all that. You but don't think Durant playing alongside Favors and Gobert as the backbone of the defense is far more interesting I just, than Amir I don't know Johnson if o- and Jared Selinger? Are any of these better than OKC, though? I mean, OKC's going to win 56 games this year. Like, is he? Does he go and win 56 in Utah right away or Boston? I don't know. I, There's something to be said about playing with a savvy coach that Durant has lacked so far in his career. But he also, like, you have to think he had the power to basically get whoever he wanted last summer, right? That's a good point. Maybe not. I don't. I don't know. It's hard to believe. It's hard to see that he would be like. He's like, you know who I need? That Billy Donovan, the Florida coach. Well, yeah. The thing about that is, what is what were his options? Because I don't know. The the most savvy NBA coaches already had coaching jobs. That's true. Yeah, and from that perspective. Yeah, I don't think NBA players have time to study up on what college coaches they want, you know, and stuff like that. It, and he's never really been anybody who meddles in personnel, at least from our standpoint, right? From what we know. I mean, he's he's played everything really close to the right. best in his yes. entire career for the most part. Yeah, it's this is going to be very interesting. If any, if anything, like all of these free agent kind of standoffs that have happened each summer, you know, like last year it was Melo, which is obviously LeBron. Like, there's been drama, you know. It, it always seems like a couple months ago it was, yeah, he'll he'll just sign that one year with OKC. Like that's what I th- that's what I was. And full disclosure, I'm a Thunder fan, but I, I, I think it makes sense for him to sign one year deal. But then I'm looking at what Boston or even Utah could present, and it's it's dangerous because. Oh, man, the defenses are just so good, right? And they're going to be good for five more and years. And there is something to be said about stability too. It's like in the back of your mind. The one the one year max or whatever with OKC is a, ch- a huge chunk of money, so it sounds ridiculous to even you know discount that. But 
if it's if you can lock yourself into a hundred million dollars and it's you know yeah you lose that year maybe with Westbrook and OKC but you know this this financial stability factor is real and I mean he should know it better than anybody going through those foot issues right. over the last couple exactly. of years so who knows that that could be in the back of his mind when he when he goes through all this that's mm-hmm. a, good, a good thing to bring up that I have heard nobody else say I read um, I think I mentioned this before I, I just finished up that Jordan Rules book by Sam Smith recently and this is you know by now. 20 years if not more yeah like 23 years ago or whatever so you know things are different but one of the things he noted was like scotty pippen like as soon as he was drafted immediately wanted like a 10-year deal like he was deathly afraid of getting hurt and was like constantly trying to negotiate for like the longest possible deal just so he could have peace of mind and i don't i mean there's nothing to suggest durant has that but like there, there are players who think that way you know like especially players who you know pippen was one of those guys who had nothing basically as, as far as the book makes it sound growing up you know, if you have the if you have the choice between knowing you're locked into a hundred million dollars and knowing you're only locked into twenty million dollars, even if you can maybe make more in the long run taking the one year deal, there's something to be said about just having that peace of mind. So I don't know, something to think about. I don't know if Durant's considering it. Um, before we get to trivia, we're gonna do double trivia today since we didn't do any last week. Well, we haven't mentioned that this is the last. It is Rotowire well, podcast of the season. Kind of, you know, like it it is and it isn't in that we can kind of do them whenever we want. Don't tell the people that, because then when we don't do them for three months, no way, three months. No, we'll no, we'll get back during the playoffs. I'm not concerned about that. But technically, it is our last uh, obligatory, I guess, podcast. It's it's our last scheduled podcast right. for the foreseeable future. Right. So playoffs starting. You know, and not on, just me and you, the whole Rotowire staff, NBA podcast. That is. Yeah. Obviously, we'll still be doing baseball, football once that starts up. But no, we'll be do we'll do some for the around the draft. We'll do some during the playoffs as as we see fit. But they won't be necessarily scheduled every Tuesday. So that is a good point to make. Um, but the last thing I wanted to talk about, you talked about teams that are, you know, looking, you know, younger teams looking to add a piece to take the next step. I'm going to kind of look at that conversely and look at older teams or teams with older cores that kind of have to make decisions about their future. And, you know, and some of these teams maybe can fit in both categories in that, you know, you're, you're looking to add a piece to kind of change what that future looks like. But for me, the Hawks, Horford's a free agent. Tegan Millsap only have one more year. Um, you know, they're a team that I think needs to decide, is this the core that we're going to go forth with? Kyle Korver is old. Um, the Heat, I think, are in that same territory. They have decisions to make on Whiteside. They have, you, you have to make a decision on Bosch. You know, at some point, if, if they determine what, whatever's going on with this blood clot thing, like if it's going to be repetitive, you know, you kind of have to think you would have to consider cutting bait. Um, and even Wade, you know, there's there's that issue. The Bulls, I think, are 100,000% firmly in that camp. Um, Clippers, depending on what happens in the playoffs, and then the Mavericks, to me, are the teams that that have major franchise-changing decisions to make this summer. Yes, great points on all those. I mean, the Hawks could be one of the a very bad team next year, depending on what happens with them. Uh, Heat, I mean, they're old, man. We've talked about it over and over again. Eventually, this is going to be Justice Winslow's team, and he will be shooting the ball a lot just by sheer force because he's going to have to. <laughs> and that that would be very ugly for them right now. Yeah, it would be ugly. Bulls, uh, you just don't really want to think that such a powerhouse in the NBA would be relegated to a proverbial lottery pick. But then again, Lakers They're mismanaged. Knicks. It's It's got to be frustrating to be a Bulls fan. Like I don't ha- I don't dislike any NBA teams. So I kind of I kind of pity the Bulls a little bit, but like they've they've made seemingly the right moves. You know, like things seem to be going okay, but the the, the management just like will not stay on the same page with these guys. Everything you read is 
um, you know, management turning players against Tibbs last year and, you know, just kind of being coy with everything. And I don't know. I mean, a lot of it's speculation, but it just seems like they had a pretty good team on paper and things went haywire for one reason or another. Yeah. I, yeah, they, they certainly are a team in transition. That, that makes sense. For as long as Jimmy Butler is on there and he's healthy, I think they'll have. Is he back? Yeah. That's, that's, isn't that weird that they're considering trading him? Like he would, he's like as close to untouchable as it would get, you would think, on that contract. Oh, I think that if you're going to, you know, make a list, and we should have done this, it would have been Yeah, fun. we should have actually. Uh, trade value. Trade value. Um, or essentially that go, that parallels who who would you want to build your franchise around. He's... He is it just seems there. like they're like weirdly willing to maybe not do that. And like, what has he yeah. done that would make you not want to build around him? I don't know. He's been I, too candid odd. in the media. Yeah, it's very, it's very strange. Like he literally bleeds and gives his heart every single game. Right. Yeah. According to him, for the fans, plays like what thirty six minutes in a game that doesn't matter when you have all these guys dropping yep. out like yep. flies. Yeah, I mean it's, and I mean even beyond that, just from a pure basketball standpoint, I like just he's having a great year. I don't. I don't understand it. I mean, it'll be if if he's available, go get him. If you're Boston or whoever else, Orlando, whatever, um, it would just it would just seem like an odd move to let him go if you're the Bulls. But I don't know. That's just me. If I guess if you're gonna actually blow things up, then maybe if you can flip Butler for like multiple picks or you know huge Godfather package, yeah, sure. But that just that does that seem that would be very un Bulls like. Well, I tell you what. What about a little Boston KD and and Butler action together? Two guys that aren't going to hurt you on defense, so they're not going to screw up that defensive balance that's worked so well for Boston this year and really last year as well. Um, but I, I, I think I think Jimmy Butler is the perfect Boston player. Oh yeah, I think he's the perfect. I Boston totally agree. Player. And in terms of where we're ranking him in terms of trade value, Boston is one of the few teams that would actually be able to land him in in a trade so oh yeah i mean the for, to add him and kd would get a little tricky salary wise presumably i mean you'd have to sign kd outright and then trade for butler who's well i'm looking at their deal. salary right now they're they're at 27.6 heading yeah. into next year yeah it could happen so i mean that's one of the lowest in the entire leagues sure or in the entire league excuse me jay crowder um and that would be that would be a, a team of dudes yeah <laughs> Jay Crowder is is not on the books for next year, so you you know have to think that. Amir Johnson sitting with twelve million dollars is a team option, so you could get rid of him. Obviously, he helps you with that defensive dynamic. But see ya if if it means bringing in. Yes, KD exactly. And- That's what people don't realize is like like Amir Johnson is a good player. Jay Crowder, really good player. But if you have the chance to bring in Butler and KD, like that no longer matters. And that's what we talked about back when we were talking about adding KD to the Warriors. Like Harrison Barnes, yeah, he's good, but see you later if it yeah, means I'd- adding Kevin Durant. Yeah, the Warriors thing. That's a, we'll do a whole separate podcast on that. I talked a little bit about it with James last last week, and like we, I had we basically had to cut ourselves off. Like there, there's so many storylines you can go with that. Um, the Clippers, like I mentioned, we'll we'll go quickly on them. I don't. If I'm the Clippers, like I still I kind of like my chances. Like they're almost in the same category as OKC and Cleveland in that. Like most years, this is a good enough team where you at least think you have like a you know thirty forty percent chance of winning the finals. Like as good as anyone else, but it's just. I don't know. I don't know what they can do necessarily. Like, if you blow things up, are you going to get a better core than DJ Blake and and CP? Like, no. I, it's just hard to imagine that working out better. Like, yeah, maybe it means you lose in the playoffs the next two or three years, but like, I just don't see you getting a better team. Yeah, and and for that reason, considering that everybody's guaranteed coming into next year, 
I think you just keep rolling with it. Yeah, uh, Doc said we, we need to consider blowing it up. But you just kind of have to throw your hands up and then sit up, up in the air and say, wow, you know, we really did a good job. Like, Doc has done a pretty right, good job yeah. of assembling a good team. But and you just you never hope for injuries, but you got to say that we've put ourselves in the best possible position to sneak in there if the situation presents itself. Yep. That's all we really could have done in today's NBA. I guess the uh, the argument against it is you're kind of throwing your cards in and saying, all right, we we know we're not good enough to beat the Warriors. You know, if if the chips fall where they may, and KD reups with the Thunder, then it's you know it's like, well, they're probably better than us for the next four or five years. Like. I guess the argument is you just try to get something for CP Blake and Jordan when they're at their primes. I guess I don't, you know, instead I of think, instead of them theoretically walking or trading them later. I think the Clippers are enjoying this too much. And before this whole Blake Griffin incident, they're all having fun together. I think in terms of team cohesion, the Clippers are arguably up there at the top. Which sounds crazy if you would have told someone that five years ago. Yeah, it seems team chemistry. Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, Darius no. Miles, great guy. Uh, no, I think that. Not only in like LA loves his team, the Clippers fans have come out in full force. Uh, Doc Rivers loves his players, all the players like each other. Um, barring it a, is weird how fortunes have reversed for a lot of franchises. Like, I mean, the Warriors were, were kind of that team yeah. not that long ago. I mean, the Royals, people forget it's very easy to forget how much of a joke the Royals were for like 15 straight years. Yes. And I mean, the Clippers were right at that level. Um, I mean, obviously the Jaguars, you know, on pace for what some believe will be a 16 and 0 season this year. I don't know if that'll happen. Some, um, some, well, you're, one person. Remember you're speaking for everyone. I'm speaking so. for me and probably like the Jaguars mascot and that's <laughs> Jackson DeVille. And uh, that's probably about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the, the Clippers. It's going to be totally dependent. If they, if they make a run to the finals this year, they don't blow it up. If they, if something happens and they implode in the playoffs, they think about it. Mavericks. We, I mean, the Mavericks are almost reaching like Spursian territory. Yes, of, yes, yes, yes. Like this team should have been done six years ago. They finally, they somehow just snuck into the playoffs with like a hobbled West Johnson or uh, West Matthews. You know, no Chandler Parsons, Dirk balling out, Darren Williams dealing with significant abdomen inj- right. in- injury. Right, injury. They're kind of in the same situation with Dirk that the Lakers are in with Kobe, where it's like he's such an institution that you can't really move on from him. But the nice thing about Dirk is he's playing well enough that he's not hurting you at all. Like he's, he's an institution, great. and like it's not killing them to keep him around. Yeah, he's he's playing he's playing fantastic. The yeah. only problem is. Uh, oh, I think they've done what they've needed to do, right? They've brought in Wes Matthews, Chandler Parsons to be the next heir to the, you know, Mark. But Cuban those guys throne. aren't that good. That's the thing. Like they're gonna be the heir to like the seven seed for the next few years. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. When they brought in those two guys, we kind of thought that you know they could be the pillars of of a pretty solid team in the uh, West. I mean, like we're none of those guys are like all stars though. That's the thing. Well, Chandler Parsons back. I mean, back, it's like if they want to be the Hawks, sure, and like go to playoffs like seven years in a row and just lose every time see that's the thing is that we just assume that there are 30 nba teams who want to be the very best and they won't settle until they're on that track to be the very best but teams like the clippers like the mavericks are having fun their organizations are running properly and they do have a shot to do something in the playoffs and i think that's completely undervalued when you look at like the drought that the clippers had you know what I mean? Dallas so, is going to make its play for free agents, too. I mean, Hor- I think are. Horford's an interesting fit there. Yeah. If Dwight walks, I think they'd be interested. I think you know Cuban's going to make a run at KD, whether it's futile or not. Dumb not to. You never know. Yeah, what can of happen. course. All right, let's do trivia. Um, how do you want to do this? We each have a list of questions here. Do you want to go every other or do them in blocks? 
something we should have discussed. Let's before. do every. Let's do every other. Okay. You start your first question. Uh, did you enjoy working with me this season? No. Next question. Uh, who played more games this season? Oh, jeez. Tim Frazier or Kyrie Irving? Kyrie. Didn't Frazier only sign like a month ago? Well, do you have the answer? <laughs> can you stall? <laughs> can you please stall a little longer while yeah, I pull up the um, answers I wrote down a few hours ago? Yeah. Well, the key is usually to Tim Frazier has played with the Blazers. He's played with the Pelicans. Oh, he was people. I didn't know he played for the Blazers this season. Jeez. Yeah, he he got one start with them this year. Isn't it odd that like he dominated the D League like all of last year and like was basically a fringe roster guy? He's the new Ish Smith. Yeah. Oh, he really is. Yeah. So Frazier has, 50. obviously this is including the last two games of the season, but I don't really care. Frazier has 50, Kyrie Irving has 53. Whew, man. Wow. Talk about knowledge. <laughs> All right, next one. All right, so rapid fire. Oh, God, this is impossible. What did, you, what did you say? You said you wanted to alternate. I guess we're not doing well, that. Well, no, you have three questions oh, under gotcha, this gotcha, question. Gotcha, gotcha, uh, Who played more games this season, Kevin Garnett or Drew Gooden? Talking pillars of franchises here. Man. Drew Gooden, man. What a guy. He was mentioned in a J. Cole song one time. I remember getting a lot of respect for, for both J. Cole and Drew Gooden when I heard that. I'm going to say, I feel like KG hasn't played in, I don't know if he's even played this season. Uh, let's go Drew Gooden. I'm pulling it up now. <laughs> You, you tweet. You you, you, you tw- wrote these ahead of time. <laughs> I know, but you tweet like like live pod, and so I, I get these mentions. And I'm oh. like, he tweeted something about me. Like we're sitting I, right I, across. I just from attributed each other. a quote to you. All right, I think. Oh man, looking at this, I don't think I don't think Gooden played as many as KG. Gard, Garnett played thirty eight. Gooden played twenty nine. So Garnett's both great players. Oh, Gooden finished out last year in the playoffs so strong that we're like, wow, he's going to be like a legitimate contributor to them KG this year. KG hasn't played since January 23rd and he still played fewer games than Gooden. <laughs> no, he played more games. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. 38-29. All right, last one of these. Who played more games this season, Kobe Bryant or Nick Swaggy P. Young? Kobe? Kobe, 65 games. Yeah. Uh, Young with yeah. 54. Young is That's a confident answer. Quite a few DNP CDs there. So that'll do it for that type of question. Okay. I understand you have some questions for me. I do. Thank you for making this sound like an interrogation. Um, so, Mr. Trainer, um, I'm going to need you to name the top five teams in the league in terms of points per game. That's average scoring per game. Sacramento Kings. Uh, they're number one, yes. Oh wait, sorry. No, they're they're number one in opponents. Uh, they yeah. they are in the top five. They're number three. Okay, Golden State Warriors. They're number one. Thunder. They're number two. So I got one, two, three. Yep, you got one, two, and three. Four, five. It's tough. I mean, I'd like to say Cavs, but I don't think I will. They're number eight. Yeah. So I'll say Clippers. Seven. Ooh. You're doing pretty well, though. Yeah. When you got five of the top eight. Trailblazers. They're number six. Oh. Rockets. They're number four. Okay. So one more, huh? Yep, one more. Eastern Conference team, if that helps. Okay. This is one that I would not would have necessarily thought. I w- 
will say, hmm, maybe this is tough. There's not. I think you're about to say it. Yeah, Pistons. Oh no, that's, that's not what I thought. Uh, Boston, the Boston Celtics, averaging really? 105.8 points per game. Wow, when they get KD and Jimmy Butler, they're really going to be scoring a lot. Pistons are 17th. Nice guys. All right, <laughs> send it back to you. You can't preface it with, <laughs> I would never have guessed this in a million years. What's yeah, your after, after you just got like the top eight. Yeah. Um, all right, back to you. All right, who started more games this season? Now, this is just for Boston. David Lee, Tyler Zeller, and Kelly Olenek. Now, these are themes, right, that we've been talking about all season long. Boston front court, we have mentioned many times. Sure. Um, um, so who started more, David Lee, Tyler Zeller, or Co- Kelly Olenek? Cody Olenek. I'm going to say Olenek. Olenek with eight. Wow. Blowing everybody out of the water. Did Lee start any? Lee started four games. Zeller with three. Okay. Obviously, we talked about the rotating front court of Boston. Although, if you look at the numbers, Sullinger started 72, Johnson 75, barring the last game of the mm-hmm. season. If they play back-to-back, I'm not sure. But uh, for as much as we talked about them rotating, I mean, if we go back and look at the stats, well, Sullinger, Johnson were your kind of clear right. favorites. Yeah, I mean, there's other guys involved, but yeah, I mean, that's still still fairly surprising. Yeah, most definitely. Who started more games this season? Team of Faye Mozgov, get the weak stuff out of here, or Tristan Thompson? Mozgov. Yes, correct. Moskov 48, Thompson 33, although just announced Thompson will start in the playoffs over Moskov. Shocking, and definitely the right call, right? I mean, like, this is pretty obvious. Yeah, 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 fair enough. I think, I mean, Moskov has been so bad. If Moskov even play, had, like, his B game this year, he probably starts almost every game, but we'll see. I mean, he's still a body to have around in the playoffs. Definitely a body. Indeed a body. He is, I mean, there's really no two ways about it. Who has started more games this season? out of the entire Magic roster? Who started the most? The most. Um, are we talking, like, is Tobias Harris eligible? He is eligible. I think I'm still going to, uh, Vucevic missed a lot of time. I'm still going to go Vooch. Yeah, Vooch, I think, normally, all things considered, would be your, your easy answer, but he only started 59 games. Oh, wow. Uh, two players on the Magic have started more, 68 and 70. Fournier? Fournier is number one. Okay. Considering we didn't even think that he'd necessarily be a starter coming right. into this year with Hizonia, with Harris, with, I mean, you could even play Oladipo at small forward, right. too. So. How about Alfred? Alfred, 68. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tobias snuck in there with 49. Aaron Gordon ended up with 37. Um, obviously, you would have liked to see a lot more out of him. Yes. But Channing Fry, 29. Okay. Dwayne Dedman, 20. Double D. He was killing the Bucks last night. Um, which team, barring I, – I don't even know what would have to happen in their last game, but which team will finish with the slowest pace this season unless they score, like, 400 points tomorrow? We're just going to pretend like all these questions are the end of the season. Okay. Well, which team is going to finish with the slowest pace by a fair margin? 1.9 possessions per 48 slower than anyone else. The Nets? False. Uh, the Bulls? No, the Utah Jazz. Oh, Utah yeah. Jazz playing at a pace of 90.9. Raptors are second slowest. Grizzlies third. Cavs fourth. Heat fifth. And, of course, the fastest, Sacramento, 99.9. Um, I'll do another one right away since yours have been a little bit longer. Who leads the league in defensive win shares? 
So person, not team. Derek Favors. No. Good guess, though. Similar profile of, you know, not like a superstar, but a star. I would have thought, I mean, I definitely would have said Kawhi or Draymond. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tim Duncan? No, I don't think he's played enough. Okay. Paul Millsap. Oh, he's been tearing it up. Yeah, I never would have guessed that. So, interesting. Yeah, that is. I saw him on, I think Zach Lowe had him on his ballot for like third for defensive player of the year. And I remember kind of balking at that. But then the numbers, I guess, do bear it out. Sure. Um, You can go ahead. Thank you, sir. Who had the worst field goal percentage of players who played at least 60 games? The kicker here is kind of 60 games. Kobe. uh, Good guess. Not the right answer, though. Kobe ended up one, two, three, four. Who possibly had lower than Kobe? (laughs) Oh, reach down into your heart of hearts, Um, my friend. Swaggy? It has to be a Laker. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Swaggy finished pretty, pretty, he didn't reach a 60-game marker. He would have been. One of the worst. So what was Kobe's field goal percentage? 35.4. Oh, man. I think Rubio was higher than that. Um, Moody? No, Moody was better than that. I have no idea. This has to be somebody who didn't play that much, right? Well, 60 games. Um, your boy, Rashad Vaughn, rookie for the Bucks, had the oh worst field goal percentage for players who played at least 60 games. And then you can even do that further out. Uh, but 30.6 is what he ended up with. Uh, Ricky Rubio, always a great guest in this game. So bad. But he shot 37.4%. Yeah, Rashad Vaughn, 30.6. Second worst, who has played at least 60 games, Marcus Smart at 35.1. Randy Randy Foy at 35.2. So Vaughn, Smart, Foy, Kobe, your legitimate worst shooters in the league this year. What an honor. (laughs) What an honor to be legitimized as your worst shooters in the league. All right, um, we'll go back to this one that we did a few episodes ago. Which team did this player not play for? And these are all active players. So which of these teams have they never played for? We'll start with Thabo Cephalosha, the Thunder, the Bulls, the Celtics, the Hawks, or the Knicks? Celtics. Correct. I'm eerily good at this one, aren't I? I just now remember. I don't think he's played for the Knicks either. I think I included that one by accident. Okay. Yeah, he's definitely played for Thunder Bulls so, and Hawks. So. No, yeah, he's definitely not played for the Knicks. Okay. Um, and the Knicks. Yeah, so you could. there were two possible correct answers. I like it. Um, increase my odds Chris here. Birdman Anderson. Has he not played for the Hornets, the Nuggets, the Pistons, or the Grizzlies? Well, it's down to the Hornets or the Pistons. Definitely played for the Nugs and the Grizz. That's correct. Horner Piss. <laughs> he has not played for the Pistons. Correct. Man, you were on fire today. Boris Diaw, Spurs, Bobcats, Magic, Suns, or Hawks? He has played for the Spurs and Bobcats. He has. Wow, I didn't. I thought he was a, kind of a lifelong all over, man. Yeah, I guess I was wrong about that. I see the Magic. Correct. Kyle Korver, the Jazz, the 76ers, the Nets, the Bulls, or the Hawks? So it's down to the 76ers or the Nets. I don't think he ever played for the 76ers. Incorrect. He never played for the Nets. Ah. Spent a lot of years in Philly, I think. Oh, really? Without looking, I want to say he played like probably four or five years there. Really? All right. Yeah, check it out. 
Please stand by. No, I keep standing by. <laughs> Just keep standing a little, little bit longer. I want to uh, filibuster this last podcast as long as possible. Oh, you're, we're actually doing this right now, huh? Oh, I thought you were looking it up. Oh, yeah. man. My Google fingers are so much slower than yours. You tweet during the show. Uh, uh, wow, yeah. He spent his first four seasons in Philly. Sure did. Mike Miller is who we're going to finish out with. Has he never played for the Rockets, Magic, Grizzlies, Wizards, Heat, or Nuggets? I promise you that he shoots a three. He has shot a three and then reached for his back with all of these teams. That's his go-to move. Sure. Um, Usually yeah. makes it, though. Yeah, he makes it. Mm, what a list. Magic. Incorrect. I believe he played for the Magic first. He has never played for the Rockets. Okay. All right. Um, let's finish out these last ones quickly. I got to do, do video stuff quick. Okay. Best plus or minus in the league. Mm, so like just total plus minus or like is yeah. it curry not curry draymond yes draymond green okay worst plus minus in the league yes <sighs> who's played a lot of minutes for the sixers <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there are two players i'll I'll give them to you. nate robinson and briante weber uh, they don't qualify they don't qualify 10 and 9.6 there's a legitimate player uh, I mean, there's, yeah. Once we get once we get past Covington, those, no, Noel. Covington's the man, man. No, Noel is is not great. I think he's in the bottom ten, but he's what? Uh, can we get a conference? Is it is it not the Sixers? It is the Sixers. Oh, okay, we've <laughs> okay. got Sixers, and then we have three Lakers. Jeremy Grant, no. Who? Think about it, man. Okafor. Yeah, Okafor has the worst. Oh, plus is it like minus. average plus minus? Like what is it? What's the number? Yeah, it's 9.4. Oh, okay, okay. I Average thought you meant like cumulative, minus. like, you know, no, there are minus no, no, no. whatever. Sorry, sorry. Okay. So Okafor 9.4, Kobe, Hibbert, Randall, Hibbert. and then Clarkson. So I'm kind of upset I didn't guess Roy Hibbert. All right, we'll finish out. Steph Curry, currently at 31.2 PER. He's on pace to finish with the eighth best single season PER of all time. Who, which three players hold all of the top seven best PERs of all time? Seven best PERs of all time? Right. They belong to three different players. Dwayne Wade? No. And we're talking single season PER. So, no, not Dwayne Wade. I mean, they're all, you know, Pantheon type of guys. I bet they are. Jordan? Jordan, yep. How far back does this go? Pretty far. (laughs) Russell? No. But, like, that that era, we'll say. Okay. Uh, Wilt? Yes. Magic? Nope. Bird? Nope. LeBron? LeBron James had two two seasons where his PERs uh, were actually better than, than what Curry's put up this season, which is kind of surprising, right? I mean, I don't know if it's ever – LeBron's been extremely dominant, but I don't know if it's ever quite felt like this type of level, right? Or has it? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I I think it has. And a lot well, of it in terms like, of shouldering the load. Right. And it's PER, not PDR, not player dominance rating. You know, like it, yeah. you can have a high PER and not necessarily be extremely dominant, although sure. it, they pretty much go hand in hand. I mean, like last year, Davis 
put up a 30.1, which is like obscene. Well, I'm a little, do turnovers factor into this? Because Curry yes. really hasn't been that amazing. So, well, I mean, yeah, turnovers have been an issue. But yeah, I mean, Wilt has the top two of all time. Jordan is three, LeBron four, Jordan five, Wilt six, LeBron seven. That 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 2012-13 LeBron season is the one that's up there, and that I mean that was obscene. Like oh, he basically yeah. stopped shooting threes unless they were wide open mm-hmm. and shot like what seemed like eighty percent every single game. Yeah, didn't he have that streak? Kind of, when, I think they were on that winning streak at the time where he had like eight or nine games in a row of making at least fifty percent of his field goals. Might have been even more than that, honestly. Yeah, because I mean, he finished at like fifty-seven percent for the year. Just something obscene. But yeah, 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 that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was definitely fun. I enjoyed that season. Um, all right, well, that'll do it for us. Like you said, we're not going to be doing these weekly anymore with the regular season over and, you know, the fantasy slate. Not that we ever talked a ton of fantasy on here. Um, but, on you know, this particular. Right. With the fantasy slate being diminished, you know, a lot of people shifting toward MLB this time of year. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back periodically. Not going to put any kind of constraints on it, but I'm sure a couple times throughout the playoffs, probably more than a couple, you know, several times throughout the playoffs and then the draft process off season, we'll be Don't back. Don't put any restraints on me. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.